we had pressed these cookies with um, cookie little cookie presses that had most of the ones in this picture are little the impression of gingerbread men. And then traditionally we add a little bit of a marshino cherry to shortbread cookies. And I was in charge of putting the cherries on. Looks like they got shot. <laughs> no. <laughs> Poor guy. Never had a chance. Or it looks like somebody sliced his neck open. Yeah. I thought, well, I'll put that little piece of cherry on like it's a bow tie. But in the end, it looks like he's bleeding profusely from his neck or his It's heart. just a flesh wound. <laughs> Welcome to the Winnie and Bill Chat Podcast. This is episode 35, and we are counting down to the 2021. And today, we are going to be talking about the months of November and December. Hello and welcome. That was Bill, and my name's Winnie. We have a, a photography and fine art business called Quiet Shutter Fine Art and Photography. I often shorten that down to quiet shutter photo and leave the other part out, but I am, I'm being a little more formal today because on today's episode, we are including a couple of paintings. Yay, paintings. <laughs> so yes, we are anticipating uh, a new year, 2021, hoping that it has um, a few less disappointments than 2020 had. But we are also looking back at this past year and discovering that it wasn't all bad. We had some good moments. We took some good photos. And uh, so today we have picked some photos from the months of November and December, our current month, to talk about. The way we do our podcast is we post nine photos and um, then we'll talk about those photos or those pictures, what went into the making of that picture, what's the backstory. And you can either follow along by looking at the photos on Instagram or Facebook and uh, listening at the same time, or you can listen and check the pictures out later on. Before we get going, we need to thank Anchor Podcasting Platform. Anchor is a free podcast platform that's available to anybody who wants to make a podcast. You can access it through your computer on the internet or an app on your smartphone. It's pretty easy. If we can do it, you can do it too. So thank you, Anchor. Thanks, Anchor. Um, you know, another thing that we forget to do on our podcast episodes, we should do it every time, is also to thank our sound engineer. That's right. Right. We could not bring you our podcast with such good quality uh, sound if it wasn't for our son, Andy Johnston. You can find him on Instagram at OutdoorAndyTV. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy. All right, Bill. November and December, what do you think? End of the year. Yep. It's uh, always... Uh kind of a crapshoot what November and December is going to be for weather. One time um, someone asked, when I was working in the salon, the conversation went one day, if you could take one month and disappear, like go somewhere else to avoid that month in Northern Michigan, what month would it be? And for me, hands down, November. When yeah, it's usually pretty miserable. November, the leaves are all off the trees. And it hasn't really started snowing yet, so it's not very pretty outside. And in Michigan, in northern Michigan in particular, the clouds roll in and it's gray and the days are short. Yep. The color gray is pretty predominant, that's it's, for sure. It's pretty gray. Um, I remember not this year, maybe last year or the year before that, I was really whining about how crappy November is and how uninspiring November was. And you said, get your coat. <laughs> and we went for a drive that day and uh, we drove from Boyne City, Michigan. We drove around the Lake Michigan Lakeshore all the way to Traverse City. But you ducked down every little side road that took you to the lake. And we saw beautiful 
beautiful landscapes and the sun came out surprisingly for a few minutes that day and we got some gorgeous pictures of the waves on Lake Michigan and the you know yellow dried out grasses natural grasses along the lake shore and it was gorgeous so I guess my point is there is beauty at every date <laughs> yeah and it's easy to get down I mean I I get down on and feeling bad about one thing or another from time to time and and the gray certainly can suck the life out of you as yeah, far as seasonal that goes, affect but, disorder is real it's a real thing but i think our remedies when we when we do it we get outside and and even if it's to get in the car and go somewhere or to go for a walk or you know we quite often feel so much better about things around us and the day in general when we get get a chance to go look at uh, the world a little differently. Find the beauty in everything you see. So let's go to our first picture. All right. So this is a picture that Bill took um, on one of those days that seemed gray and uninspiring. And, you know, you're heading into winter, which from in northern Michigan lasts far too long. And so everything gets cold. And it takes you a little more effort to decide to go outside and get bundled up and, and go. But Bill was determined to get some pictures and he bundled up in his car hearts and his warm coat and went down to the lake. And do you want to describe the picture, Bill? This is awesome. So this is a picture of a, uh, um, a Petoskey stone that I happened to just stumble across that was, uh, just lean up against, uh, it's a tree root that came up out of the lake, actually. There's so would a, you call it driftwood at that point, though? Well, it's still alive. It's actually the root from a cedar tree. Oh, it was, it's still attached yeah, to a tree. It was like a, it was like a spider's um, web searching so the, for water, you okay, know? Okay, so it the was, tree is close enough to the lake. And yeah, the roots okay. were actually laying right up on the rocks from the shoreline, and um, they're frozen. You know, the, the waves... When you get any amount of waves, the water gets thrown up on the beach. And uh, I was uh, uh, had to be really careful because our beach here is is quite rocky and typically a lot of small stone, you know. But um, you get this glaze of ice over thing things that it looks, you know, like all the lake the stones are. Are just kind of snuggled in together, which they are, but they have a coat of ice over them. Yeah, so Lake Charlie you Boy can't can... walk on them. You will be on your back and hurting in a hurry. So Lake Charlie Boy can get pretty rough, and if it's windy, then it sprays the shoreline yeah. with misty yeah. water, and so it does sort of glaze everything over. And in this picture, you can see that tree root is starting to get a pretty thick coating of ice. All yeah, over it. it almost looks like it's got an ice knuckle over the top yeah. of it. Have we described Petoskey stones on our podcast before? I don't know if we have or not. So a Petoskey stone is essentially a fossil um, that is found. Um, it's Is it only found in the Lake Michigan area, Bill, or only in northern Michigan? or Primarily Lake Michigan. Oh, you can find them all the way around Lake Michigan. Um, so not in the other Great Lakes? don't know. I've heard people find them in Lake Huron, but not as many of them. And it, so it's a fossil of a freshwater coral from the Devonian period. If you're a um, dinosaur geek and you know all of the all of the periods that have gone through time, the Devonian period was thousands of years ago. And um, at that point in time, all of this area that we now live in was underwater. So you'll find a lot of fossils of um, organisms and animals that lived underwater. And so Petoskey stones, I, you know, I guess they must be most prevalent in this area. Thus, the name Petoskey stone after the city of Petoskey, which is named after a Native American, I believe. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So the design on the stone, the the fossil looks like lace, really. This is kind of a rough one in this picture. Um, they're very popular to to take and sand them smooth and polish them and make them into jewelry or 
just decorations of different things. I've oh, seen all kinds of, of different yeah. things made out of them. I've seen handles for cabinets yes. made out of Petoskey stones and um, all kinds of things. But they are they are really interesting in their own right. Yeah, they are. And they're set in limestone, so they're fairly soft, uh, pretty easy to clean up. Um, but they're, they're always interesting, and I, I love to kind of hunt for them and find them. Um, You're a rock hound. I guess I'm a rock hound, yeah. <laughs> Some people really, I, I occasionally will find a Petoskey stone, but I just don't have the eye for it. Bill, you can go down to the lakeshore any day. And come back with a fistful of or pockets full of Petoskey stones. Lauren has a good eye for it, too. When Lauren, our daughter, was here this summer visiting, she waded through the water a lot and just pulled Petoskey stone after Petoskey stone out. So, yeah, this was a cool picture of of what it's like in the cold weather on the shore of Lake Charlotte. Yeah, you know that the water's starting to get cold and uh, when you're starting to think ice, or, ice is starting to form on things all right so looking back to november let's go to our next photo okay this might not seem momentous when you look at the picture but um after years and years of having a what was a beautiful um sign at the entryway to park of the pines where we live and work um the wooden handmade sign had rotted. rotted its a lot. time had passed. It, its time had passed. Um, so we got new, more professional-looking signs to put up at um, the entrance. Both um, there's two entrances: one from the highway and one from the side road to the park. And this is a picture of Bill installing the second sign, which made us very happy. Yeah, it's. Uh... Kind of dresses up the entrance a little bit, I think. Bill and I, um, we bought the signs from a sign maker. And then we were going to do the finishing parts, the finishing bits, and the installing ourselves. And so we had some um, help from uh, some members of the Park of the Pines Board of Directors to put the one out by the highway, which was a two-sided sign. And this one... We were left to do ourselves, which was fine, but it involved putting the white trim that you see when you get a chance to look at this picture. There's some white trim all the way around the blue sign. And that needed to, that was tricky, right, Bill? It was. We waited till it was fairly cold outside to do this as well. So it the, was November. The, it was November. <laughs> yeah. And the, uh, the, the material is fairly flexible when it's warm, the trim, yeah. but, but, uh, it's like a heavy duty vinyl, um, something that you would use to frame out lattice or um, fencing material, I would assume. Yeah, yeah. But it's it, it's straight. It's not meant to curve. Right. It comes straight. It comes in like eight foot pieces, but they're they're straight as an arrow. So um, the sign is has an arch on the top. So we needed to fit that trim around the arch. And then the two straight sides and around the ends and the bottom. And so we br actually brought the sign, which is big, right? It's eight foot by. Yeah, it's it's good four foot wide and eight foot long. Brought it into the house yep. so the trim could warm up. Laid it on the kitchen table. <laughs> and then we worked away at it. And we work pretty good together, but sometimes we get a little testy. <laughs> this was a test. Yeah, we, It went pretty smoothly. I was impressed. Yeah. And then we had to put the posts in the ground and cover them with the vinyl coverings and make sure they were level and then put the sign onto the posts and make sure that was level. And I can't believe it. It went really smoothly. It did. We put the posts in and then we put a, a board across just to see how level we were. And we were dead nuts. Yeah, it was crazy how level it was. We were like, okay, I think we're just yep. going to go with this. It's all going to go well today. <laughs> And it did go it did. well. Yeah. That's, I mean, not yep. every project goes well like that. Nope. And we actually met two neighbors we had never met before while we were putting the sign in the ground. So that was good. Yeah. They came around while, while we were putting that in. And I think when they came around, we had just had 
a tiny testy moment words. We just other. had words, which I, I would have kept walking if I was them. But <laughs> they wanted to know what the fuss was all about. <laughs> no, I don't know if they heard us being probably not testy with each other, but it got it put us back on track, anyways. Yep. And we have a habit of that getting getting annoyed with each other loudly just at the most inopportune time when somebody comes by. <laughs> yeah, happens. That happens. So in this picture, Bill is putting the final screw into the sign. He's, um, you'll see the tractor is in the picture because we used the tractor to hold the sign in place while we got it all screwed in and secured. And uh, so that was, that was a momentous occasion in November that just you and I witnessed. Yeah. Happy to have it done. Happy to have it done. Yep. And it looks great. Yep. There was even still leaves around then. And there, if you go to the next picture, that was another big part of November. Last year, we have, how many acres do you think we actually blow leaves on here? Well, the property's 20. 25 acres. 25, roughly 25 acres. And we probably do 15. I betcha. At least 15 acres, we blow leaves. Yeah. And by leaves, I mean mostly pine needles. <laughs> pine needles. We have a lot of trees here, too. So That's why it's lot. called Park of the Pines. There's a lot of pine needles and there's a lot of leaves here. If it was just leaves. It'd go really fast. Yeah, it would go fast. And you could almost just use the mower on them and just mulch it up and let it go back into the ground. But the pine needles are so thick and uh, so acidic that they don't allow for any grass to grow or, um, and they are sticky. So when you walk around on the pine needles, they stick to your shoes. And then if you go into any of our buildings, you track pitch, you track into pitch everything. into everything. Yeah. yeah. It's not good on carpet or hardwood floors or any, any surfaces. Right. So. so we try to clean it up in the fall as best we can. Some years we are really lucky and snow holds off until we're done. And, some years we start getting going and it snows and, and it the snow doesn't go away. And so we're left with cleaning up the mess in the spring, which we hate because then it's all wet. and It's just hard to move. It, hard it, to it move. just makes it so much harder. Not only that is we typically have so much other work to open up buildings and get water running and all that type of thing in the spring that yeah. this is just one we were so happy to have it all done this fall this year. So we that, had a real um, break in the weather and we really didn't get snow until December. Right. And right. and well into December. Yeah, actually. And then when we did get snow, it went away and and uh because you and I blew leaves in a, a couple areas that we don't necessarily every year blow leaves in this we year. We did. Yep. Yep. And then the very next day it snowed. The very next day it snowed. So you couldn't appreciate I really do like when we put a lot of work into something to have a few days to just gaze at it. <laughs> yeah, although the snow holds it in place so you don't get a wind and it blows it back right, out of the woods right. or something. So when we blow it too, into so. the woods, it doesn't blow back out. So this picture that we're looking at is a picture of Bill with um, the what we call the Little Wonder. That's the actual name of it. It's um, a heavy-duty piece of equipment that you push and it blows leaves. And it's it's i would i would buy this out of my own money if this one ever broke down and because this is a very useful tool yeah um yeah well there's no way you could rake oh, all the leaves around I, here unless you had 25 30 people doing that i mean i think that there have been campground managers in the past that attempted to do just that manually move leaves and they would, they would get, a, you know, try and get a big volunteer group of people together to rake leaves. But, um, you know, you can only do so much that way. Yeah. yeah. We've been able to clean so many areas out that I know the very first year we did it, we found a pop a can. You know how the cans of pop used to have the pop tops that opened up and actually came all the way off. Yeah, had, had a pull tab. A on. pull tab. Yeah. That would probably be from the 70s. Yes. They quit making them that way. And I found one of those on the ground underneath an area that we blew leaves from. So you can tell how long it had been since that area had been cleaned up. Yeah, we were actually able to move debris that had been, like you say, been around for a long, a long time. time. So, And it's a good feeling. Now, in this picture, Bill is 
is pushing the little wonder. But generally, I mean, Bill does his fair share. Don't get me wrong. But generally, our routine is that I use the little wonder and blow the leaves into a windrow until it gets so thick I can't move it anymore. And then Bill takes the tractor, which you can kind of see in the background here, and uses um, the plow and a York rake that he that drags behind the tractor to move the leaves off into the areas where we like to keep the leaves off into the woods or we have a big, we have a big like overflow down a hill <laughs> debris area. Yeah. And I'm always afraid you're going to go over it with the tractor. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have told me that. Yeah. Anyways, so we, we've got it down pretty good where we both work really hard at getting the leaves up. And I think you feel like I do that when it's done. It is the most satisfying feeling. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's always good to feel, great feeling to have that accomplishment done. We had, um, we had done the middle terrace. Now, Park of the Pines has a lower terrace, which is the lake level, and you go up a little bit of a hill. And the middle terrace has all of the buildings and meeting areas. And then you go up a little bigger hill to the RV area, which we call the upper terrace. And we had done the middle terrace. We, at that point in time, we still had an art class that was meeting here on Mondays. Um, since then, we've had to suspend that because of the COVID restrictions in Michigan. But the first time that the artists came in after we'd blown all the leaves off the middle terrace, they said, it looks like spring in here. <laughs> it does, actually, for a little while. Yeah, you clean all those leaves and pine needles up the off the ground. grass is still fairly green, so it looks pretty nice. It looks amazing. Yeah. I love that feeling. Yeah. So that was a lot of November was working on cleaning up the leaves. So let's go to our next picture, Bill. Oh, Alrighty. Mm -hmm. so um, again, because of COVID restrictions, um, the community of Christ church as a world organization has uh, recommended that um, churches not meet in person if your state or your area is at a certain percentage of um, COVID cases. And for Michigan, that meant pretty much the whole state. Unfortunately, this is uh, during the Advent time when people are preparing for the Christmas season. And in the, in the world of religion, this is, this is the, this is like the world series, eh? It's almost the main event. It's like the main event. And, it's hard for people to even fathom not going to church and going through all the Christmas Advent traditions. Um, so the Michigan Mission Center of Community of Christ tried their best to uh, make it special and to mark all of the uh, occasions leading up to Christmas Day. And so they had different Zoom meetings, Zoom worship services and Zoom gatherings. And they asked Bill and I, now Bill being a baker, professional baker, if we would do one of those Zoom events for people to gather virtually and um, would we demonstrate making Christmas cookies? And along with that, keep up a banter of what the Christmas traditions are and, and what Christmas means to us, et cetera, et cetera. So Bill and I decided that we would make something simple. And we, or at least I, had a real craving for Christmas shortbread cookies. I grew up in Canada and shortbread cookies are a staple at Christmas time. And they're actually pretty easy to make. How many ingredient, Bill? Like four. And what's the unique ingredient that? Baking. I mean, Flour, baking, or a cornstarch is the corn kind starch. of the unique ingredient in that. Yep. So Bill and I fussed away getting our little kitchen here ready to look a little Christmassy, and also suitable for broadcasting it to on Zoom to anybody who was going to tune in. Getting our camera angle just right, and um, getting everything set up so they could hear us and see us, and we could interact with people, and and so. Um, how did you feel about doing that, Bill? Oh, I wasn't happy doing it, you but didn't. it was all right when it was all said and done. You weren't happy leading up to it. You weren't excited about doing it. Correct. 
But it went fine. I thought it went really good, actually. It did go all right. And Bill was able to pass on some professional baking tips about making cookies that make things easier than how most home cooks, home bakers do things. And I think people were surprised and excited to take those tips and put them into their practice. Um, but we had a couple of fails too. Now this picture that we're looking at is a picture of our plate of finished shortbread cookies. And um, we had pressed these cookies with um, cookie, little cookie presses that had most of the ones in this picture are little, the impression of gingerbread men. And then traditionally we add a little bit of a marshino cherry to shortbread cookies. And I was in charge of putting the cherries on. Looks like they got shot. <laughs> no. <laughs> Poor guy. Never had a chance. Or it looks like somebody sliced his neck open. Yeah. I thought, well, I'll put that little piece of cherry on like it's a bow tie. But in the end, it looks like he's bleeding profusely from his neck or his It's heart. just a flesh wound. <laughs> so that was our first fail. Um, the, the Zoom meeting went pretty well. And when we were done and we were relieved. And so we, you know, put all the equipment away and cleaned up. And then you and I sat down to watch some TV and... Um, eat some cookies and we were going to binge ourselves on these cookies and you and I both started eating one and finally I said do you think these taste right and I said no <laughs> they tasted terrible yeah they were bad they were so bad and then I was so worried that maybe we had passed along a bad recipe or nope so Bill went out in the kitchen and started to investigate and turns out that Cornstarch goes bad. Who knew that cornstarch could go bad? <laughs> Who knew that cornstarch has an expiration date on yeah, it? Yeah, and the expiration date was? Uh, two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> we had old cornstarch, and it was rancid. It just, yeah, it was a that was a bad taste. It was awful. It was so awful. We had to throw all of our shortbread cookies in the garbage. Yeah. That's the first time we've admitted that to anybody. So the snowman with the tracheotomy went down in the There's trash. A gingerbread man. Oh. Maybe well. they're snowman. But they were wounded already. Yes. So we buried them. <laughs> so, so much for the Winnie and Bill cooking show. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a Winnie and Bill tasting show. It was just well, that's a cooking true. show. It was funny. <laughs> <laughs> we had to laugh about it afterwards, but it was like, ugh. It was that awful. That is bad. And we had a brand new box. I used to like of, shortbread. We had a brand new box of cornstarch too, but we thought we'd use up what we had already yeah, before we don't waste it. Yeah, it was at least two weeks before we went ahead and made a fresh batch with good ingredients. Yeah, <laughs> we were gun shy on that one. Uh, don't say gun shy when they look like they got shot. <laughs> <laughs> So let's go to our next picture. Okay. This is going to be hard for me to talk about a little bit. So if I start getting emotional, I'm going to pause our recording and come back to it. But December was a sad month for us because you're going to have to say it. Because our cat Moses passed away. Yeah. So Moses was not really our cat. And if you look at this picture... It's a picture of our daughter, Lauren, from this isn't a picture taken in December. This was a picture taken, taken a long time ago of Lauren with her cat, Moses. Yeah, he, you know, that is a, that's an old picture, actually, but the cat never changed much over the years, did he? <laughs> he did not. He had a bad attitude then, and he had a bad attitude till the day he died, really. Yes, he did. So when Lauren was in her senior year of high school, she came home late one night with a kitten. Um, she had been to her friend's house and her and her friend went over to her sister's house who was married and had a little toddler. And they had gotten a kitten, but the toddler was just harassing the kitten and it just wasn't working out. So Lauren rescued the kitten and brought him home to our house. Lucky us. Lucky us. At that point in time, we had a team of sled dogs 
Yeah. How many dogs did we have there? We had eight. We had eight dogs, which was enough for us. Now, real mushers, you know, big time mushers have lots and lots of dogs. or so, but yeah, eight was enough for us. And we did not want to have an indoor pet. No, we didn't. But Lauren brought this kitten home and I don't, for the life of me, know why we didn't tell her just take it back or find somebody else. But we didn't. And if you've ever had a little puppy or a little kitten come into your house, what's it take? About an hour for you to kind of fall in love with it and feel responsible? <laughs> Anyways, the cat stayed. And we did give Lauren some parameters. If if you're going to keep the cat, you're going to have to buy the litter and the food and you're going to have to pay to have it neutered and right. declawed, which is barbaric now that I know what they do. But she did all of that. In the beginning. (laughs) And then she left home. And then she went to college. Yeah. And then we gave our sled dogs to our friends who are um, mushers and were doing touring with their sled dogs. And we still had this cat, Moses. And Moses was never really a super friendly cat. He was not a friendly cat at all. There was no super friendly about it. He just was. He was not friendly. Not good. I don't know. He was defensive. And I think that he he was an indoor cat, which probably adds to the territorialism of it. But uh, Moses decided that he would like me. And I was his. And he did not like it if I gave attention to anybody else. I think that was part of the problem. That was part of the problem. But, you know, normally cats, if they're shy, will just scoot off somewhere when someone comes to your house. But Moses would just decide that he was the guard dog, too. And he would take after people. He bit the best people. All of our (laughs) kids' friends thought they were going to be the one that Moses would like. All animals love me. How many times did we hear that? Yeah. Yeah, until the week before he died, we heard that. That's right. Yeah, someone stopped in the house here and tried to reach down to pet Moses. And then we said, be careful. He's not a friendly cat. Oh, all animals like me. I get along with all animals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. Then he bit him. Yeah, (laughs) Moses did that other thing, too, where he would roll over on his back and act like he wanted you to scratch his belly, and then he would hiss and bite. He would actually <laughs> let you scratch his belly. For a second. For a second. And then he would lunge at you. Yeah. He, he, was, he was not friendly. No. But he did love me, and he would cuddle up on my lap, and he would let me do almost anything. I could cut his hind uh, toenails, um, and it, I think he actually liked it. Um. Do you remember? So we had Moses for 15 years, which is quite long for a cat, I think. Yeah. Um, Do you remember that time that I had bronchitis and you and I were sitting on the couch and Moses was curled up in between us and I was trying to talk to you. I can only talk in a little scratchy whisper. And you were trying to talk to me and I was doing my best to talk back. Do you remember that? I think so. And all of a sudden, Moses looked up at me and meowed, but he meowed with a raspy, whispery meow. Yeah. <laughs> he was mocking me. Yeah, he was <laughs> He was a, a bit of a, a mocker of things. He used to whisper to you every once in a I while, I know. Too. After that, I figured, I and sometimes at night, he would get a little demanding and jump up on my lap and try and get in my face and meow and meow, trying to get me to get him some fresh food or something. And I would say, oh, yeah. And he would bring down his meow to a whisper. It was pretty entertaining. Yeah. I also taught him how to wink. And you saw him wink a couple of times, I think. Yeah. I would wink at him. And sometimes if he was in the mood, he would wink back. But you could count on him winking if he got in trouble. Like if you caught him on the counter in the kitchen and you started to scold him, he would look at you and wink, thinking that he would be. All will be well if I just wink. If I just wink. He's like a kid. Yeah. So anyways, um, 15 years with Moses, um, this past year, he, he slowed down. He started to get even more fussy about his food and, um, he started to get really skinny and we started to get suspicious. Something was really wrong. And sure enough, he had feline cancer 
And that was the end of Moses, which is very sad. And it's been kind of lonely in the house without Moses the cat. However, there we do are, not want another one. We don't. Please, if you're listening, don't offer us a new cat. We we loved and appreciated Moses for who he was. But we may hiss at you and we may bite you. <laughs> we learned that from him. We learned that from him. So the next two pictures are, you can go to the next picture, Bill. Okay. This is also an old picture, an homage to Moses. Um, this is just a little watercolor painting I did know, a long, long time ago. I think I gave it to Lauren. After all, Moses was her cat. Yeah, I think she's. Do you uh, like this picture, Bill? Yeah, I like it. I think it captures Moses' little snotty attitude. <laughs> yeah. He always looked like he was really suspicious of whatever you were doing. Like, really? And if you pointed a camera at him, do you remember that also? Oh, yeah. Moses was, um, well, we can't say it, but his mother was never married. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> and he didn't like it. If you pointed a camera at him, he would chatter yeah. at you. He could be in a dead sleep. And you could point a camera or your cell phone at him, and he would lift he, his head up and... He wouldn't even open his eyes up. He would he, do He knew that. it. Yeah. Don't um, take my picture. Yeah. So I think Lauren has this picture somewhere in her home. Um, so since Moses passed away, I decided I would paint a picture for myself. Now, this next picture is that picture, that painting. This and is oil, right? This is oil painting. And actually, this is just a little cell phone snap of that picture. The oil paint is still wet in this picture. It's still drying. So this is all recent. But what do you think, Bill? How did I do? Did I capture Moses in this painting? Yes, you did. Very good. You know, Winnie, I just had an idea. Oh, yeah? What if you um, did some more of these paintings? Maybe people would commission you to paint their pets for them. You know, that's a great idea. I really did enjoy painting this picture of Moses. I find um, doing some artwork, whether it's painting or whether it's working on editing photos or whether it's creating something to be very therapeutic. And so painting this picture of Moses for me probably was, uh, it was probably very therapeutic to kind of get through the, you know, the, the trauma of it all. <laughs> But um, I really enjoyed it. And I, in particular, enjoyed painting his eyes. When you look at this picture, I, I had fun trying to make them look like they were glossy. And anyways, yeah, if anybody out there would like to have a portrait commissioned of their pet or somebody else's pet that you could give them a, a painting as a gift, um, get a hold of me. I'd be, I would be happy and I would enjoy doing that. I think that's a fantastic idea, even if I came up with myself. Good idea, Bill. Sometimes I scare myself. Sometimes you scare me. Boo. <laughs> Moses, in spite of being born of an unwed mother and having a very nasty attitude, was a very, very handsome cat. Yep. Honestly, if it were, if I weren't around, he loved you too. Oh, he was, he, he knew, he knew who fed him anyways. That's right. Actually, in the, in the last couple of days, I think the very last picture I took of Moses. Anyways. I don't, I'm don't remember one of the last pictures we took of him actually he was laying on your lap oh yeah he would he would crawl up on me and uh, lay across my legs if i had my legs up on a footstool or something that's right you fall asleep in your chair at night yeah and he always, often I mean, he always you felt can... like my uh, legs were uh, a bridge to lay on or a tree <laughs> stump or something well know. you were pretty a pretty cozy thing to lay on because you would go to sleep and not move and he could he could go over and lay on, stretch out on your legs and be nice and warm. And so I, I grabbed the cell phone to take a picture of him. And I could tell he's, he didn't even chatter at me. He didn't even lift his head up. He was, he was uh, not feeling good and he was trying to let us know. 
So the year of 2020, with all of its disappointments, had one last punch for us. Yeah. Crazy 2020. So let's go to our next picture. This is a picture. This is a fresh picture. Yes. I think you took this picture an hour ago. This morning I did. I did. Yeah. So um, when Bill got home from work this morning from the bakery, he wanted to uh, get the cameras and maybe go for a ride. But we looked outside and as Bill would say, who shut the curtains? Yeah. In northern Michigan, as we've mentioned before, in the winter, it's gray almost all the time and you rarely get to see the sun. We were supposed to have sun all day today and then. uh, Yeah, and we were going to go out looking for snowy owls and. We were, we had big plans. But it just was a dingy, depressing, gray looking day. So um, I started to do something else and Bill decided he was going to take the camera and just walk down to the lake and the sun came out a little bit did for a little while yeah and yeah. so this is one of the pictures i'm gonna make this bigger to look at this is a picture of is this again another one of those another one of the roots? tree roots yep yep different it's a, tree it's a this tree. time aren't but... trees amazing how they yeah their roots will just grow out and find in the most adverse conditions they will find their source of water yep yep now so, mind you these trees were not in the water two years ago. That's right. The water is very high. The water is very high. So perhaps the water has washed dirt and whatnot away yeah, from these Yeah, it has eroded away. Um, although, you know, there's on the shoreline, there are always a few roots around like this. Lake Charlevoix is a tributary to Lake Michigan. Is that correct? Is it's that how I would explain It's just a little inlet. That? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's, it's a fairly good-sized lake, but it can get pretty rough. And it's deep, and so it takes longer to freeze over in the winter than some of the small inland lakes. Yes. So Lake Charlevoix is not frozen yet, but in this picture, you can see the icicles forming on this tree root. This is taken pretty close up, and I bet you were laying on the ground. I was. And also, there's this foam. The water is making kind of foam around the rocks and the bottom of those little icicles. I want to go down there in a few days and see if that foam freezes. Like yeah, foam. I'm curious to see if that does that. I also want to try and get some pictures. A couple of years ago, we actually had what they call ice balls. They were like the size of a softball, just from ice that was forming, and the waves were rolling it and actually making them into these fairly large balls of ice that were rolling around. It was kind of crazy. I think they were even bigger than softballs. And I've seen pictures of ice balls in the Great Lakes that are the size of bowling balls. Yeah. We're hoping, and it's happened twice since we've been here, that the the lake will freeze. Uh, If we get a really cold, clear night when the wind's not blowing, uh, the lake sometimes will freeze. um, And it's completely still and the ice freezes up and you can actually see through the ice um my grandfather used to call it peekaboo ice so you can literally see through the ice to see the rocks and the bottom of the lake through the ice so we're hoping that maybe maybe it'll happen again it is really cool when that happens um the couple times that it's happened since we've been here um you and i've gone out on the ice and it's spooky it's very I mean, spooky. And we're it's always this... very careful because we make sure the ice is several inches thick before we yeah. would ever go out and walk on it. But yeah. when it's clear like that and you can see down to the bottom of the lake, it's hard to. It's really hard to, to know whether the ice is safe or not. I know. So you it's scoot hard for out your mind you to. Because it looks, it feels like you're walking on water. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's super slippery. It's extremely slippery. It's, I mean, ice in general is slippery, but this is like uh, polished ice. It is so slippery that you generally don't even try and stand up on it. I know. It. You and I will like scoot around on our butts or yep. or lay down and like swim across it. Nylon jacket helps a lot. You Absolutely. can literally kind of scoot around, just pull yourself around yeah. with it. Yeah, and so. we'll take pictures and we'll get up and stand up and take some pictures of each other on the ice and whatnot. But the truth of the matter is we're crawling around. <laughs> 
like a couple of seals. At- right. <laughs> you scoot out on the ice far enough and you keep looking. Well, if I fall through here, I won't get that wet. <laughs> yeah, right. But you don't ever go out very far as far as that goes. Right. Well, I mean, sometimes when it freezes that way, you could. It's thick ice. It's, oh, you could. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you don't want to. It's just tricky to walk on. That's for sure. Um, the addition of some crampons or or what are the other the names that they use for the yak tracks yak tracks that you put on the bottom of your boots i highly recommend these it's those like little, don't even work on this kind of ice though yeah well you almost would have to you'd have stomp to a little bit yeah yeah make it, you're right it's so hard yeah back when in mushing days i actually had um I had to borrow a person's boots one time because I'd gotten my feet soaking wet. And this guy the um, was actually from Alaska. And he says, oh, I got a spare uh, pair of Sorrells. Let me go get them for you. And he came back and he said, hey, I can put spikes in them for you. And he had literally uh, taken drywall screws and screwed them through the inside of the boot. So he had spikes on the bottom, and he said, "This is this is the Alaskan crampons here." <laughs> I think that's probably smart because I have used crampons and had them pop off my boots and then lost them. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Those Alaskans, they know how to they figure it out. A bush fix. Yep. Yeah. So, I when do you think the lake will freeze? You know, last year it didn't freeze until the middle of January. Um, there some of the smaller lakes around the area here are frozen now, and I think they'll stay frozen because it's pretty cold at night. But uh, like I was saying, Charlevoix, because it's big enough that the wind really can pick up and make some major waves, uh, it has to get really calm, and it's been pretty windy. So just, I don't know. Could be a year that it doesn't freeze at all. I We haven't seen that yet. That can happen. Yeah. Um, there has been years where it's frozen and then opened back up again within a couple of weeks. Even but, last year was only frozen for about four weeks. Yeah, and it was never really good ice as far as No, I don't even know that I even went out on it last right. year. Yeah, you have to be very careful. Yep. Um, so uh, our next picture is our last picture that we'll post for today. And I love this little picture. This, again, is also a picture <laughs> you took today. Yeah. Yeah, I was almost back to the house, actually, and I, I saw this thing, and apparently I had walked past it. Um, you know, with, I think we've talked in the past about try to be, uh, when you're out, if you're taking pictures, try to try to take all the little things in that are happening around you that you just disregard. I, if you're interested in photography or if you're an artist, um, you do start to look at the world in a little different way. I think we've talked about this before. But you start to look for those little interesting things that if you're just in a hurry going about your business, you might otherwise miss. I mean, we've, I think we've talked to be, before about Bill being on the side of the road taking pictures of a snowy owl on top of a barn when a police officer pulled up next to him and said, sir, what are you doing? <laughs> and Bill said, well, I'm photographing that snowy owl right there. And he's like, oh, man, that's cool. I didn't even see that. Yeah, um, I've had that a few times. Actually, last winter, um, the other side of Boyne City, uh, I was taking some really cool ice pictures one morning, and the uh, county sheriff pulled up beside me and said, are you all right? <laughs> yep, I'm just said, taking yep, just in the take beauty. Pictures. He goes, <laughs> of what? <laughs> so I had to even, I went up and I showed him the back of my camera to see it, and he was like, oh, all right, well, don't let me stop you. Yeah. So, so this this is one of an example of that. This is a, a picture of a dried up maple leaf that has frozen to the ground just by its stem and probably just by the tip of its stem, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then with the wind and a little bit of snow on the ground, it has spun around and spun around and spun around and created um circles in the snow. Kind of like a spirograph. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And I had just you know, literally two feet out of the frame of this picture is where I had walked past it when I, on my way down to the lake this morning. So and didn't notice it. Didn't notice it. Yeah. Um, That's sweet. That's yeah. a sweet picture. Yeah. It was pretty cool. 
Also, I think you said that you noticed fox tracks all over in the snow. I did. So that's something to look forward to for the winter. We're you said that start... it walked right past it our was, bedroom window last night. It was right behind night. our house last night, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen a fox on the grounds here several times, and we always are excited to see the fox. So, he can eat all the mice he wants. Uh, it doesn't correct. hurt my feelings. If I had mice, I'd throw them to him. <laughs> So we like to end our podcast with the picture we missed or the picture we didn't get or the picture that got away. And again, Bill, I'm not even going to give you a chance. Um, the picture that got away for me is actually back to Moses again. I take, used to take pictures of Moses as much as I could, mostly because I thought it was hilarious how much it annoyed him. <laughs> but I would delete them off my cell phone in particular. I'd take pictures and then I'd think, man, if I ever lost my my phone and somebody went through my pictures and saw all these cat pictures. They think I was a crazy cat. Crazy cat woman. I'm not going to even find that one. So I deleted lots of pictures of Moses that now that he's gone, I'm mad at myself that I deleted them. I should have kept them. Who cares if anybody thought I was a crazy cat lady. But um, recently I was kind of going through the pictures as I was trying to pick a picture out to use as a reference for my painting. And um, I was working, I found a picture and I was going to crop it and I accidentally hit a button and deleted it. And my heart was broken. <laughs> Oops. I thought, oh my God, you idiot. <laughs> and I was so upset. It just felt so rude to delete a picture of Moses now that he's gone. And just then my daughter called me and I was lamenting to her about what a mistake I had made. And she walked me through, boy, our modern day cell phones are amazing things. Oh, she said, it's it's in a recently deleted file, I can assure you, and I'll tell you how to get there. Sure enough, she helped me recover the the picture, and I felt better. So, um, yeah, back up your pictures. I guess that's the lesson learned, not just of your pets, but just all your pictures. Back them up one way or another on your computer, in the cloud, um, wherever you can. Back up your pictures. Um, our photography mentor, Jim Doty, would tell you to back them up three different places. Because it'll break your heart if someday you're going back to find that one particular picture and it's gone. So um, ah, that's it for today, Bill. Yeah, so we're the we're at the end of 2020. We can't wait to bring in 2021. I'm sure 2021 is going to have our challenges as well. We're not out of the dark yet with the pandemic and. And a lot of people have a lot of rebuilding to do, but um, we hope that the Winnie and Bill Chat podcast can bring people a little bit of joy in the new year. Um, we're going to rethink a few little things and restructure a little bit. We've had some people give us some ideas of things we can add to the podcast and what things they want us to keep. So um, if you have any comments, ideas or you want to let us know what you like or what we could uh, add or what you think we should change please uh, send us a direct message or you can go to our podcast page and phone in a message that would be great that would be sweet and we will try to um, make the Winnie and Bill Chat podcast even better in 2021 so happy new year happy new year everyone and thanks again for checking in with us and look forward to talking with you next year We'll see you next year. I love it when you can say that. So smart. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>